so nice. And he's got so many cool things in there. I like the way it's got, yeah. it's all, you know, decorated and stuff. It's very cool. Did yeah, he, he tell you it's, he's going to be on the show? We invited him on the show. Who, Cliff? Yeah. Great. And yeah. Mark, what was it? Mark. Mark. Oh. Goldenberg. I don't know him. Who's that? Oh, Mark Goldenberg. Yeah. Guitar who's who's oh, Mark, Mark Goldenberg? Yeah, yeah, I know him well. Yeah, yeah he's good friends with Cliff too, so they were both gonna come on. Cliff who does was Mark, gonna. Who does Mark play with? Bruce. Knows Mark him. plays. Uh, he used to be. Uh, was it Jackson? No, it was Jackson. Uh, Brown. Jackson, was it Jackson Brown? Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but he's a real. He's a good, really a good jazz player. Yeah, too. yeah. He he plays, he's got his own thing going now. He plays a lot of different people. He's cool. Really but they were gonna come on, but because Cliff's what best mates of Landau. Yeah, they've known I, each other for years. Yeah, I yeah. said, Cliff, why don't you come on with Mike? On He's like, show. no, Mike well, that's won't do that. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, we've talked about that. Yeah, we've talked about it. But so anyway, introduce our guest Introduce our guest. Actually, my one of my first teachers in Los Angeles, you, you wouldn't remember me from a bar of soap, Steve. Nobody remembers No you. one remembers me. <laughs> Who are you? I'm some <laughs> Aussie <laughs> asshole. I think you kicked me out of the class a Say Landau times. a few times and we'll know who you are. <laughs> but, uh, you remember me, they wish they the infamous know. Steve Trovato, welcome, <laughs> sir. Hey, guitar Steve, Echo Trovato. Uh, you know, I had your videos back in Australia. Before I even come to America, I knew about you. Even before I knew about Bruce, about the same time I knew about Scott. But I had all your country videos and stuff. And Wow, that was, that was a while back. Like in the 80s? 80s. Well, maybe the books. The, the books oh. you were doing. Uh, yeah. You uh, probably had videos in the 80s, right? Did you have some? We both did, probably. No, yeah. it wasn't the 80s. It was the 90s. Well, he's young. Well, maybe it was the 90s, I guess. I was like three in the you 80s. Know, Steve was teaching at MI <laughs> when I went there, and that was probably your first year, second year teaching there. <laughs> My first there. year. I graduated from the Musicians Institute. Right. In and what year? Through no fault of my own, I graduated number one in the class. Was a, they made a mistake, but... <laughs> what year was it? It was 1980. Yeah, and me too. No, you or, got there 81, right? 81, maybe. And then, yeah. So I'm there, they asked me to teach there, and I said, what could I possibly... I told the owner, what could I possibly know? I'm one week ahead of the students coming in here. <laughs> That's not true, but... <laughs> but so, anyway, but during that time, Mock was there, Mock. and Mock was just starting... Uh, getting into the, 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 the collaboration with, what's his name? Um, the guy who did the videos with, R.E.H.? Oh, Roger Hutchinson. Roger yeah. Hutchinson. And those guys like sort of formed a team and they started putting out videos not long after I started teaching there. So it probably was 80s right. that some of those videos came oh, out. Oh, I didn't get them in the 80s. Yeah. I got them in the 90s. Yeah. But I had, a, I had a country book with you and Albert Lee in it and um, all these country players. And you were one of the guys in that book. I remember that. And So when I got to MI and I met you finally... I was really disappointed. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I, I love it. I'm like, this is shaping up already. This is going to be good. But I had already, a, it's start. I had a lesson. One of my biggest regrets, and I should have. I remember you playing the theme to uh, uh, the old cartoons. What is it? The Warner Brother cartoons, the outtake. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing you do that, and I thought, oh my God, I've got to learn that off Steve. I'm you know never, what? I'm First time I heard him do something, I had to learn it. I, when he does this version of Star Spangled Banner that is just fucking outrageous. Yeah. And I tried to learn it, like, with all my heart and soul, and I never could play <laughs> you know what? I just finally gave up. You know what it was, Scott? It wasn't Star Spangled Banner. It was Stars and Stripes Forever. Stars and Stripes Forever. It's a song you yeah. can play once a year on the yeah. 4th of July. But, man, you play the year. fuck out of it, and it's like, <laughs> I want to learn how to do that. And every day I had to practice a little bit of it, and then finally I just got discouraged. I said, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> so, 
I forgot it. Too. Oh, that's awesome. I gave up on it after a while. Oh, yeah, but you, man, were, you were one of my teachers I had at, at MI, and then, uh, yeah. So and then we had a there, lesson. You went there for an entire year? I was there. For, I did the Encore program. Oh, remember that? The Encore mm -hmm. program. I, yeah. Barely. I, mean, I did the Encore. Then I, and then I left, and then I had a private lesson. And then he had an house. Encore. He had to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I got wow. out of there. I think you told me, hey, you should be at USC. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Nice to see you again. All those years later, you know? So, well, yeah, me and Steve go way back, not only, you know, as teachers, but as buddies, because we used to hang out a lot. That's back in probably when we used to drink a lot more than we do now. You know, well, yeah, that's so, good, yeah. So there was a bar, and there still is. You know, I was just there the other night. I saw Pat. He's still night. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, that bar nice right by MI? No, it's it's in Arcadia. It's oh. the it's the oh, first cabin. Yeah. yeah, and and I went and heard Pat play the other night. Man, he was sounding great. He sounds great. He and fucking sounded great. I was like, wow, he's still kicking ass after all this time. Twenty five years he's been there. Twenty five years he's been the same this place. Pat, you know what? Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien. He okay. played harmonica on my album Dog Party oh, and okay. on Tore Down House yeah. too. Yeah. And he's a great harmonica player, but. I'll, some people don't know if they don't know Pat. They don't know he's also a great guitar player. Yeah. And he does the thing with the rack and the harp, and he's playing these amazing lines with the guitar and the harp at the same time. And oh, wow. he's a bad motherfucker, <laughs> man. Just a great rock blues musician. Is it Patty O'Brien? Pat O'Brien. Patty O'Brien. Patty O'Brien. But he's patio been, furniture. Yeah, but he's been there for a really long time, and me and Steve used to go there every weekend. You want to hear something out. scary, Scott? Yeah. He's been there like twenty-three years. And we were going there before he was playing there. Wow. We were going there every Thursday night. We went every wow. Thursday night for about two years, yeah. at least a year and a so half. your dog used to pee on me every time I would come That's over. That's right. Remember well, you, Norton? You would lie on the floor and my dog would piss on you and the girls yeah. would come up to you like, I loved you. Yeah, he was a dachshund and every time I'd pet his tummy and he'd pee all over my leg and then I'd go to the bar, bar. and pee all over my leg. It was kind of a, a ritual. <laughs> we did that. Week after week for a year. Yeah. yeah. At least a year. Couldn't go to the the bar unless I had pee on my leg. It just wouldn't feel right. Oh, man. It says like you guys were just trouble. Yeah, well, we were, and then, you know, it, what happened, we used to go sit in with the bands. Yeah. And, and, and we play so different. I play inside and kind of melodic, and he goes out the door. Right. So, so we were... Play, I remember we were playing with Joe and Julian one night. One of the Joe bands. and Julian, Wow. There, we were playing at the first cabin. I think it was the first cabin. No, that was next door. Oh, the at first time we were playing at the, the... What was the name of that club? Tommy T's. Tommy T's. That's right. Damn. And so I was sitting at the bar with Scott, and I, I got up and played whatever. I played some Santana tune. Yep. And blah, blah, blah. It was fun. And then they call up Scott. And Scott, he's getting... He get, puts down his drink. He, he leans over to me and says, This one's going out the door. <laughs> 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 and he just gets up and starts playing this brilliant Scott stuff. Going, oh, no. I have no idea what he's doing, but it's great. I still don't know what scale that oh, is. Oh, no. But he was man. playing brilliantly. And the, the guy oh, next to me on the other side of me leans over to me and he says, What the hell kind of guitar <laughs> playing you call that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick that guy's ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was, oh, oh, man. Awesome. We used to get. Oh. We used to get wow. in my car, your car, and put on Deep Purple really loud and drive out there every Thursday. Yeah, man. Wow. The days. We had a lot of fun out there, man. We had a lot oh, of fun. Man. I just don't drink as much anymore, and I don't go out. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't hit the bar scene 
like I used to. <laughs> no, I, I just, yeah, that's kind of it's it's nice to see Pat O'Brien playing out there, but it's also kind of sad. In a way, you'd think that you know, I mean, he has some records. I think he deserves far more recognition, you yeah. know, because he's a great, really great player. And he sings know? too. Right. Sings yeah. really good, sings plays yeah. guitar really good, plays the shit out of the harmonica. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and and when you when you go in and, and see it, I mean honestly, you go in there and you listen to that band and and, and you go, I can't believe I'm listening to this for free. Right. I mean, I'm just sitting here in a bar in Arcadia, and I'm hearing like some of the best shit. Like it sounds, they've really get the sound system together now. Like even better than they had back then now it sounds so full and yep. big yeah. and they've got it really dialed in and what he's doing he's got he's got like um a big gretsch guitar that he plays he's got a strat he's got a les paul jr he plays the harmonica sometimes in the set sometimes he he sings and just plays harp sometimes he has the the rack and he's doing stuff harmonies with the guitar and the harp at the same time and Damn. it's just a big full blues band yep. and you it sounds bigger than a trio right and you're just going whoa these guys rock man so and when it, when really can we guys say pat when do you say any every... friday or saturday night at the first cabin on huntington boulevard in arcadia wow yeah and he's still he's playing out there every every <laughs> i think i think it changes seasonally because now the racetrack isn't going right because starts on december 26th so it's going now yeah ah, okay because sometimes sometimes he's there thursday friday saturday sometimes he's on there Friday, Saturday. Friday, so, Saturday, yeah. I don't know. I remember a time where they were doing three nights a week. Sometimes they do two nights a week. And he's been doing that for 25 years. Wow. Yeah. The same place. Wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a residency. I think I saw him yeah. about, I thought I saw him about a year ago because I play mm. out at that. There's an Arcadia Blues Club right down the street now. Oh, really? Yeah. I Yeah, I didn't see Tommy. T I didn't see the club where Tommy T's was. I don't know if that's still a club. It's, it, it is, but it's, but it's called something else. Okay. And, the, and the, the, the third... The third uh, side of the three-sided triad of the triangle that was the Devil's Triangle down there right. was the Steerburger. Yeah, right. I remember Steerburger. <laughs> we used to make the yeah. rounds and go to all three of them. Of course, them. yeah. Well, wow. hey, man, let's let's talk about you, man, and your all this amazing stuff that you've done in your career, man. Right. It's like Jesus Christ. I mean, you're kind of a you're known as a country guy, but you play blues, you play jazz, you play all this stuff, man. And you know, I try, yeah, I do, yeah. I try. <laughs> uh, another humble guest. God damn it, I'm so sick of these humble guests. Get Why can't we have this guy that comes on here and goes, "I'm the shit, man." Get Frank in here. <laughs> oh, okay. You who? Gamali. Oh. I want to get Frank. That'd be fun. I just saw. <laughs> That's awesome. He wears the leather. Should have practiced harder, mate. <laughs> so when did you start? Well, Troy, you're the you're the no, you're better. Yeah. This is good. I get to sit back. Okay, and you sit back. back. I'll do you're, it. I'll you do, do this. You know, change. You can do some more. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, yeah. last time Scott Scott's like taking forever to open these nuts here because last time he opened them, they just went everywhere in the studio. Yeah, I noticed. They that. Just, I noticed. They blew up. And this time he's taking a long time. He's still having trouble. Yeah, he's trying to. Wait, so so let me ask you, man. When bag of nuts? Yeah, his nutsack is not working out. Yeah, no, it never does. Um, yeah, when I want it to work the most, it never does. That's right. So it's a bitch. Eh? Back in the day when you were first first starting, because everybody, more people know you probably as a country player. But was country the first country guitar the first thing you heard to make you want to play guitar? No, no, no. I no. 
not blues, even. probably, right? No, not even. Well, when I first started, I was listening, of course, like all of us of our age, like to The Ventures. And mm-hmm. Then I got into Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck was my favorite guy. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Chet Atkins, and I said, well, how do you do that? So I started working with that. But then I started playing. I came from New Jersey, so I started as pretty much studying with all the jazz guys back there. I studied with Harry Leahy and Chuck Wayne and Joe Puma and Pat Martino. I studied with all those guys. You know, in New Jersey, you play country guitar, you go to jail. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you couldn't, you know, so I got out to California and I came out here like, like all of us because we heard about the Musicians Institute in the early 80s and we were all... You know, thought we were going to be Larry Carlton or whatever we thought we were going to do. And um, so I came from the jazz background. But the way I got into this whole country thing is there was a teacher at MI. I won't mention any names, but initials. Oh, you do that too. Yeah. We all do. Yes. Scott and Bruce always said, off I won't mention, any, mention names. any names. He yeah. hates that. That's why I try and get everyone to lick it up. Well, you know. <laughs> Nick. You know, what, what goes around comes okay, around. Okay, his initials say. are... No, I can't say that. No. So he was, he was, he was the um, uh, director of a, of a perform when they had a performance class over there, yep. where students would get together and band, a rhythm section and a guitar player or two and play songs, and he would critique them. But he was a fusion. He, he believed in fusion. Nothing, if it's not fusion, it's not music. And he hated everything else. So I said, I didn't get along with this guy at all. Right. And I said, what can I do that would piss this guy off more than anything? <laughs> so I said, well, how about if I play a country tune? I mean, even a corny country tune. I'll play the theme from Benny Hill. And I'll go in his class and play that. Yeah. And then I worked out this really intricate hybrid picking arrangement of uh, Root Beer Ragon from Billy Joel's album. And I played both of them with a really good rhythm section. And he hated it. He was fuming. <laughs> so... I was kind of gloating to myself, and I thought, well, I did that. And then, but what happened, coincidentally, was the owner of the school at that time was Pat Hicks. Yeah. And he was giving a tour to three prospective students at the time. And they happened to be in that room, P1 it was called. Yeah, P1. When I played those two country tunes. And he was giving the tour, and they stayed for me playing the country tunes. So he gave them the rest of the tour. And then they all went back to his office and said, God, if we can learn how to play like that, we want to come here. And they signed up and gave him their money that day. Wow. So the owner of the school thought I was a country guitar player, but those are the only two songs I knew, and I barely knew them. Yeah. So then I graduated, and he says, do you want to teach country here? I said, well, um, I don't know. And then I asked Tommy Tedesco, who was at that time, yep. was kind of my mentor. And I said, Tommy, what should I do? And he goes, about what? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, I told him the story. And he says, what's your problem? Just say yes. Just say yes. Somebody's going to do it. It might as well be you. So I said yes. And then 18 years later, I got fired. But I was there for 18 years. Wow. And it came across like that. I'd never played any country in my life. I never had done any of that. Yeah. And it was completely by accident that wow. I got asked to do That's that. Crazy. That's cool, though. That you know, because it kind of... <laughs> It gave you a niche, and, and, and that niche landed you a shitload of fans, you know? You know like, that's the way it is, you know amazing, what I mean? You, you know, build a yeah. bridge, do they call you a bridge builder? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you, 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 you run 20 marathons, do they call you a runner? No. Yeah. But suck one cock, what do they call you? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
is that is that kind of talk legal in here? I was just going to. Oh gonna, yeah, man. anything goes in here. <laughs> yeah, we, it's not yeah. real. We can't tell. We can't tell our stories then. Oh yeah, sure we can tell can. our no, stories. Yeah, yeah. hey, just so you, know, so you have to now. You are on the second voted uh, podcast guitar podcast in the universe. We forced Jazz, Jazz Times. Times to print the word wank. <laughs> yeah, oh. which is kind of was cool. that Joe Benson? Yeah, is that who it is? Joe Benson still does that? No. Just a Jazz Times magazine. Jazz Times magazine. We were it's voted the, the second most popular guitar podcast in the readers' poll. Uh, or and not guitar, just podcast. Podcast. Period. Podcast. Period. Yeah. So we wow. we got lots of listeners, and we can say anything we want. We can say fuck and shit and cunt and piss and and everything we want to. Wow. And and you know we've even had some three way sex in here before. Now some four way sex tonight. I hope. <laughs> Wow, okay, so it's one of these. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm so it's used to doing these. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe you accepted, but then, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, yeah, I mean, and then I realized you had never heard the podcast, but you were you were giving me shit for not being on the podcast. He, he told me in the hallway just a few weeks ago, like, well, I'm the last guitar player in the world who's not been on your podcast. <laughs> he never even fucking listened to it. <laughs> I didn't, I That's didn't know what every guess. That's every guess that comes guess. on the show. Oh, <laughs> this I know, I know him really well, and I know you. And yeah. I think, well, if Scott's doing this, yeah. I know he can oh, let loose. Oh, man. That's, the, that's the truth. I every swear. yeah, every guest comes on and goes, what do you, do you guys say that on this show? They've <laughs> never listened to it. They've no, never yeah, heard yeah, of it. Yeah. And they're all cracking up like on the subway, and everybody thinks they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Just don't it? wank on the subway, okay? Right, right. That's really going to get you in trouble. Yeah. I got this job teaching at the Musicians Institute. And then Roger Hutchinson from REH Videos, when video, VHS video, instructional videos were the issue in the 80s. Yeah. They called up the music. He called up the Musicians Institute because he wanted to do a series of, of uh, stylistic videos. So he needed a country guy, he needed a blues guy, he needed a blah, 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 rock and so whatnot. So I was the first one to do one. I did the first video for REH. And, I think that's the one I have. And they were really, they went really popular. So then... Was this before Alan Roth did this? The no, Hobbits? it was after Alan. Alan's that, an okay. East Coast guy. He, right. he was the first one to do it. Right. But I did one. Yeah. And I don't even know what it was called, but it sold a lot and blah, blah, blah. So then, just like Pat Hicks thought I was a country guitar expert... Roger Hutchinson thought I was a professional movie director. So he hired me to direct all the REH videos. I directed both of yours. That's right. Oh, wow. Paul, both of Paul Gilbert's, Ingve Malmsteen, Alan Holsworth, Al Demiola, Herb Ellis, Vinnie Vincent, Vinnie Moore, everybody. Ingve? Ingve, I did Ingve, yeah. How is Ingve? Oh, we've got outtakes. Yeah, well, Ingve. Amazing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Amazing. So. Ingve was making a lot of money for yep. this, so he hired. So Roger Hutchinson wanted to make sure that the video went smoothly, so he hired three directors. He hired myself, a guy named Keith Wyatt, and a guy named Don Mock. And yep. Dave yep. Hill, right? And Don Not Dave Hill on that one. Mm -hmm. No. So we went to the airport and picked Ingve up, and the first thing he had to do was stop at the airport bar and get a drink. He was already drunk from me because he was flying in from Australia. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, Within an hour, he chased Keith, Keith White and Don Mock out of there. He insulted them, and they both said, fuck you, and left. And then I was the only one left, but I, I, I liked the guy. I thought he was great. Right. And I got along well with him. He's a big guy, too, He's right? A, he was a big guy. Yeah. And uh, he was really into his 
whole image thing then. So we had to take the medicine cabinet mirror off and put it on a, on a music stand in front of him so he could keep fluffing his hair up. It was great. <laughs> and he was playing, and I didn't know any, like, I had never heard this podcast. I never known, had known any of Yngwie Malmsteen's songs. Yeah. But he had a cupboard there, a, a, a road case, with the door was open, and he had a song list printed on the indoor side door of his road case in Black Magic Mark with the names of his songs on it. So I would just kind of glance over there and said, so Yngwie, what did you do on that, what did you do on that song, um, Red Sunset. I just read the list. Yeah. Oh, you know that song? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's great. Yeah. So he would tell me about that. And so he would do his and he would do his teaching. He wasn't a very good teacher, and I was tr my job was to try to get these guys to to teach to tape in some kind of educational way because right. they were mainly players and they had never educated anybody. So you know, so Ingbe was going on and on, and he was playing really fast. And I said, Ingbe. I've been playing for a really long time, and I don't even know what you're doing. You you got to slow down. He goes, you fucking guys, you fucking teachers, all you guys, you want me to analyze stuff till you're blue in the face, till I'm blue in the face. I had to play the guitar. I don't teach it. I said, well, you're getting ninety thousand dollars to come in here and teach it, so maybe we ought to switch that around a little bit. So he oh, we got through man. that whole thing and he, we became great he, he you know he was playing stuff and he didn't know if i could play or not so i right. just took a guitar and started playing some of the really fast country stuff mm. to, to kind of get like an even keel with him and he, he just went fuck and then he was my friend after that then we could then we got along well wow and so i finally got him to play some blues i said play some slow blues like red house he killed it. He was yeah. great at he that. And no one killed it. He, he never knew. He, nobody ever knows that he could do that because he never did that. No. Yeah. And I have to say, man, overall, it's a good video. It's a good video. Oh, yeah. It's a good video. And thanks to you, because I know, and I've heard the stories, and I've seen the outtakes, so right. I know that the guy can't teach his way out of a paper bag. So thank goodness you were there to pull to coax that out of him because he actually you guys came up with a great video that if you want to learn that style, there's a lot of really great shit in there and it's he he you managed to get him to play it slow and try we're like you know but that bluesy place is fucking kicking ass. I haven't heard it since really we did good. it, but I just remember that it really surprised me because I had no idea he could do that. He but it was it. wonderful. It was great. Yeah, yeah. he's a badass. That was a popular video, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. popular. Did you, who, then, who else did you do? You do well, Johnson? Did you do Eric? No, I don't think Eric Johnson. He didn't do one for REH. Oh, it might have been. Did, did, yeah. was, were you there when Don Mock did his video? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I was in Seattle when I did this. I directed yeah. his and he directed my other one. Oh, that's uh, The so second cool. one I did. And, yeah. and do you ever hear from him? Uh, 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 who, Don? Don? Yeah, Don. Yeah, I went and stayed at his house since Don Mock was one of the teachers at yeah. the Musicians yeah. Institute. Uh, yeah. Legendary guy. And he... He lived in Seattle, so he, he and his wife went on vacation in September one year, and I went, went up and stayed at his house for three or four days. I saw him, but he pretty much had given up playing guitar, and he was building those model... Those boats. Hydrofoil. Yeah, hydrofoil, right. What are they? Boats? Yeah. yeah. Hydrofoil. Yeah. Hydrofoil. Yeah, and so now he's doing that, He I turned guess. down the Miles Davis gig. Yeah, that's and, right, he did. And it, Yeah, because... That, and I did too, but after he did, because Robin Ford was playing with Miles, and Robin Ford quit... And the first guy he called was Don Mock, because Don Mock's like a really good friend. They've been friends for years. And Don had really wasn't even playing guitar anymore. So he said, no, I don't want to do it. So call Scott. 
And then they called me, and I didn't want to do it. So then they got one of Robin's students to to, to play. Who was so, that? I don't remember that. Um, I don't know his name, but he's actually one of Robin's students, and he did the gig. And I guess he was the very last guitar player to play with Miles before he died. And uh, that that was Robin's student, and he sounded kind of like Robin. And so Miles dug him. Yeah. You know, but that's that was that story. But Don yeah. got offered the gig, and he didn't even think, like, I was thinking about it at least, uh, but I had another gig that I, wa I wanted to do Joe Zawinul's gig. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember that? And, no, that was and I didn't want to lose it, and, and I was this close to getting it, and I knew that if I played with Miles, Joe would never hire me. So I didn't do it, so I, so I waited, and I'm glad I did, because I, I had a lot of fun playing with Joe. Oh yeah, that was that was. You told me some great stories about that. It was a blast playing with him, and and the thing is, is I heard stories about Miles pouring beer on people's heads on stage, and Ooh. like just I was like, and then I saw this guy with a piccolo bass running around on stage, and I was just like, I don't want any part of this, you know. So so <laughs> it wasn't that I don't respect Miles because I respect the shit out of him, but what I saw that night, I didn't want anything to do with, you know. I saw like one of the very later gigs, you know, and I was, I was just, no, I said, this is what I want to do, so, whatever, but Mock just said, nah, <laughs> I don't want to do it. So, yeah, he didn't, he yeah. kind of, he was like that, he didn't really take a lot of risks or yeah. chances or anything, he was just... But, yeah, but anyway, so, so you got into directing these videos, but since then you've done a ton of them. You've done like a bunch of them, right? Well, I don't really do videos or books anymore because the, the, the whole paradigm is changing. Now it's all streaming or downloadable or something but like that. But you're still doing... I haven't done one in a while because I've done uh -huh. 40 of them. I mean, how many times well, can you take saying. those 40, five... that's a lot. How many times can you take those five... How much notes? shit do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, what I do... Slice between, it thin and call uh, it pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> what I do is I do... I do anything now because I found out over the years I've done everything. I've done Latin books, I've done blues books, I've done rock books, I've done funk books, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But I found out that anything with the word blues in it sells 10 times more than all the other styles combined. Wow. So now I do everything. It's voodoo blues, it's how to build a better blues solo. Everything <laughs> that I do has the word blues in it because they sell better because yes. everybody wants to play a little blues guitar. You know? So... Um, I haven't done one in a while, but I've, I think the only guy that's done more than me is uh, Wolf Marshall. Oh, uh, Wolf Marshall. I think we're the two top guys that have done more books, and you know, wow. they, they, I don't know Wolf. Who's Wolf Marshall? Wolf Marshall. He lives he in another. He lives around here. He lives in uh -huh. San Diego now, but he, he, oh, okay. he teaches at UCLA. And uh huh. Good player. Who, who else did you direct? Who else was? Some oh of the gosh, guys? you know, I did so many. Of them. I did everybody. That did I you can... do Pat Martino? I did Pat Martino. <laughs> did Pat. Nice. Yeah. Pretty spilling ice cubes all over the fucking place. <laughs> open your mouth. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to put an ice cube in it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you want me to put something else in, but Steve, I'm not. I gonna. apologize. Normally we're a little bit higher rated yeah, than this. You know, yeah, we're we're going straight to the gutter. Usually a little more, more classy than this, but since, since you're here, that's okay. Out the stop. You know me. You know me. I, you know. Oh, um, so what I'll did go, you? I go down the drain Steve, with everybody. I don't have what did you notice about directing all these guitar players over the years and all these videos? I mean, because you obviously would see the, the other side of it. What was, 
what was the thing that you noticed about all these guys? They couldn't teach a lot of majority of them. No, a lot of them. They're smart guys. Most of them are smart guys. They can yeah. teach, but well, you know, the guys that do it all the time have a way of a methodology where they can just start a square one and bring somebody through something in a series of steps. Right. But these guys would play something and they would say, well, you kind of just played here in the fifth position side of an A minor scale. Well, a lot of people just don't know what an A minor scale is at that level, you know. Right. Because the people that are buying these videos aren't, they're, they're, they think they're advanced, but they're really not. They're maybe intermediate at best. Yeah. So you have to really break it down. And, right. I mean, I remember you, when you played, you did, you thought, I think you started with Anna Maria, I think. You played it as an introduction. Yeah. And you broke away. I mean, your videos well, are amazing. You know what? I'm good at breaking shit down. Yeah. I had shit broken down for me by really good teachers like Don. Right. And, and Joe DiOrio, who was very down to earth. Right. And I knew that even if you're playing like an advanced song, you know, like a shorter tune or something, you still boil it down to the very basic shit. Yeah. You're playing this over that and you just tell them what you're doing. And it's like not rocket science, but some of the guys, they just can't, they may not even know it themselves. They may not know what they're doing, like a Holesworth, where right. he plays all this incredible stuff, but if you ask him what he's doing, he's not a schooled guy, so he's not able to say, I'm playing a certain scale or a certain thing because it just sounds to him, you know? So those guys... You know, I'm not saying he's not a good teacher because I've never actually seen his video, but people have told me that they got a lot from from studying it. But I know the kind of guys you're talking about. They don't have experience taking it, really breaking it down so that the very beginning guy can understand what they're doing. So, right. Yeah. And then like the guys who taught at the Musicians Institute, you, Paul Gilbert, mm -hmm. myself, Keith Wyatt, we got used to being asked all the questions that the student asked. So we anticipated that ahead of time, right? And we would answer those questions while we were teaching because we knew that they couldn't ask them on a video. So we just addressed them. And uh, you know, the the best I think the best videos were always done by the MI instructors. Yeah. I know Scott's two were great. Paul Gilbert's two were great. Keith Wyatt's were always Wyatt. good. Yeah. And um, how many does Keith have? Keith's got a bunch of them too. Keith's right? got a bunch of them too. Yeah. He's he's yeah. now working with artist artist works. Oh yeah, uh, he was uh, yeah. yeah, artist yeah, works yeah. with yeah. Uh, yeah. Guthrie traps with him to with them as well. I think. Yeah, they sounded me out to do it. Yeah. Good stuff. Huh? Wow, that's pretty good. What is that? Is that Scotch? That's bourbon. Yeah. I never saw you drink wow. bourbon. I've only seen you drink cognac. I don't know what the hell, I'm drinking. I just drink it. <laughs> you and, you and someone, someone made a I comment. I can't tell the difference. Someone made a comment last <laughs> last episode. Scott said, "What's that?" and Bruce is like, it's Maker's Mark. Oh, I've never heard of Maker's Mark. And someone commented, he's like, Scott yeah, needs somebody to get out more. Yeah, Scott needs to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, he's out all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would play that yeah. stuff. Was, was Ingvay the most entertaining, as in, to deal with? If you saw the outtakes, you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> ask that question, right, Steve? Yeah, he was he was he was great. I mean, yeah. he was he's so wild and. He was so wild. I saw him at Nam one year, and he looked like this. I mean, he was huge. Well, he likes his Heinekens. He right. Got, he got big. But tall too. Like he's tall. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, he'd be very, uh, yeah, menacing. He's formidable. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays like a motherfucker. He yeah. still does. Yeah. Yeah. But now and instead just, of playing the stadiums, he's playing the Rose in Pasadena, which is, I guess, the normal. Well, yeah, that's a trajectory of yeah, career. Trajectory you know, career, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, God. You How know, old is he now? How old is Ingvay? I don't know. I have no idea. We have a listener who sends me pictures. He lives in Florida, and I guess he goes to the same supermarket as Ingve. 
and he sent me a picture of Ingbe's Ferrari uh, conked out at the supermarket. They were getting it mm. repaired because it wouldn't start or something. Or that <laughs> <laughs> and Ingbe was there. <laughs> it's like I mean, seeing him in the store is like the Big Lebowski. Or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Seeing him in a Walmart or yeah, something yeah, you know. <laughs> in his bathrobe, you know, yeah, his bathrobe in a Walmart. <laughs> he'd, he'd be, yeah, he still has the same hair. Yeah, funny shit. He was great. He's a direct in guy too, just straight in kind of. Yeah, guy. he just yeah. plugged, plugged and plugged and played. Wow. I think one of the most entertaining too is Paul Gilbert. I did both of his. Yeah. He seems like he's a really a, fun guy. He's a fun guy. He's man. a smart guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Scott and him are both the smart guys, and then they, you know, they know just what to do and they know how to entertain. Yeah. And one of the times I was directing Paul Gilbert, and he he had this one video where he pulled a rabbit out of a hat like a magician. I think I saw that. So that was in his first video. He says, "I'm just going to pull up, like doing a magic trick on the video." Yeah. So he had a real rabbit there. Yeah. And he said, Steve, lay under the table and hold this rabbit up. And I'll reach into the hat and get it. So I'm laying, under the, I'm laying on the floor under the table. We're shooting the video. I got this little baby rabbit. Not so baby. I'm thinking, this is going to shit on me any minute. And so I'm supposed to give it to He's just chatting away to the video camera. And I'm thinking, Paul, come and grab this thing. So he reached down into the hat and got the rabbit out of my hand. So next time you see, if you ever see a Paul Gilbert video and you see him pulling the rabbit out of the hat, that's me. I'm lying on the floor holding that rabbit. <laughs> That's great. I remember That's the fantastic. one thing in the Paul Gilbert video that I love is he had a drill, right? Oh, yeah. And then he put the picks on the drill. It just went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he played. Yeah, I played that Van Halen tune. It's really awesome, man. Picks just spinning around. He put th yeah, what three shit. picks on it? Three picks on the end of a drill bit, like yeah. a propeller, right? Yeah, it was awesome. And he got it. He said he got an endorsement from Black and Decker. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that kind of shit up. You can't make that it's up. Really awesome. Right. We should get Paul on the show. Is he living town? Yeah, I. Don't know, man. Where does Paul live? He, you know? he just moved. He moved up to Portland. He, he used to live in Hollywood Hills. Oh, okay. He had a little modest Wasn't house. he living in Japan for a while, or is that... He's got a Japanese wife. I think he was living over there, and then he moved to the Hollywood Hills. Because, you know, he was the sort of, like, honorary dean of MI Japan for a long time, you know? And when I would go over there and do workshops... It was funny because I would see his, you know, most of the time you see the dean, he's got a suit and tie on, right? <laughs> dean of education. It would say, like, dean of education, this is crazy motherfucker up there with his <laughs> rock and roll clothes on and feathers sticking out everywhere. Yeah, he's, is that what <laughs> he did? the dean. <laughs> the dean. Yeah, he's, <laughs> That's great. He's great, though. He's, yeah, man. So are you on the road? I know there was a time where you were going to Italy a lot. I was going all over the world. Yeah, I was... I was touring a lot. I was I I, I got uh, invited to go to Sardinia once, and I put a band together and went over there. I think I was over there three or four times, mm -hmm. and then I started taking Richard Smith with me, and now uh -huh. he's got a whole Italian connection going over there. Europe. I took him to London. I went to Germany. I've been Italy four or five times, mm -hmm. but then I just got sick of it because you can't make it. I mean, you know, uh, it's hard. It's hard to make any really money. Hard. I mean, if you take a, you can't take a band. It's very difficult to do what that whole thing is. I think, it's I mean, who really does hard. that now? You and Mike Landau, and that's it. Carl Verheyen doesn't even do it anymore. Nah, he's still out there a little bit. A little um, bit. I mean, it's tough just because of the nature of what it is because, you know, you got to buy flights and hotels and blah, 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 and, and then the money gets eaten up and right. hopefully you make enough to take home and pay everybody and, you know, 
whatever. It is what it is. Some guys are, I'm, I'm doing okay, but I'm doing okay because I've been doing it for such a long time. We are a household name. I have a, a group of followers or a fan group, and they come to most of my gigs. It's not like I'm playing huge places, though. I'm playing clubs, not usually theaters. Sometimes get lucky and get festivals, you know, and then when you get festivals, that's great because you make new fans because a lot of people there have never heard you before. So if they like it, then you know, made some new fans that might buy the CD or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's hard, man. I mean, you, you, I've heard so many stories uh, and, and, and of people who do it for a while and get kind of tired of it because it's not that much, it's not the luxurious thing it's, it's no, cracked it's up to be, you know, were not you, even. What, what were you playing? Like you were just doing your own stuff on tour and were you doing clinics as well? And oh well, yeah, the, the, the usual thing that I would do is I would go over and do a series of concerts and every, every night in some place in Sardinia all over the island there. And during the days I would do clinics at music stores and invite people out. Yeah, and I always took someone. The first time I went over there, I went with. Uh, remember Tracy Lewis, that that big black sure. singer. Sure, Tracy a, was great. Took Tracy Lewis great in singer. an R and B rock and soul review over there to Sardinia. Yeah, and they loved that. The next time, I took a six foot tall woman with platinum blonde hair into Italy, Sardinia in Italy, and they had never seen anything blonde like that. So they were, they were, they were. I don't even know what they were saying, but they were in love. <laughs> She, she was she was great. That was a country band. I've been done several so many times. I didn't so many times over there. And I, I remember MI. What what was the place in Bologna? Um, oh man! It was uh, an it was a MI two thousand or something, right? Or what was it? Yeah, I can't remember. But but you've been there. Yeah, I think I followed you there. in there one. I think yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So um, I just stopped. I'm a, I, a year ago, a year almost two years ago, I snapped my Achilles tendon playing wow. racquetball. So I mean that put me down. I mean. For, I'm just starting to get back now after How two much years. does that hurt? It didn't hurt at all. Oh, there's no okay. nerves down there. But also right. there's no blood supply, so you, it never gets strong again because it's, uh, it's a ligament. Right. So it doesn't grow back. It just yep. They just sewed it down, sewed it back, and so I've had to, just, had to work through that one. So that, mm -hmm. that spun me into a depression for a while, but that's what that stuff does. It's just yep. life. Life happens. Mm -hmm. And um, i got to tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> that I heard... Carl Verheyen, I was playing a duo with Carl Verheyen for a couple of years, three years or so, and um, so Carl Verheyen, he gets, got back from a tour, he was in Italy, right, or somewhere over there, and he said he got done playing one night, and at the end of the night, some girl walked up to him and says, I love the way you play, would you sign my breast? Oh, I know this story. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he says, yes, yeah, I guess I'll sign your breast. So she pulls out a pen, and she pulls her bra up, and Scott Henderson's at... <laughs> Autograph is already on there. Ah, <laughs> oh, actually, actually, you got it reversed. It's, it's the same story, but it's actually I signed over his name. Oh, she, oh okay. Yeah. He told me. Oh, he lied to then. me. Yeah, she came up to me and she said, "Will you sign my breast?" And I was like, "Okay." And then when she pulled down her thing, I saw a very faded out Carl Verheyen. Like it, he had been there probably like three or four weeks ago, and she still it was just visible enough to see his name because it had faded out. And I signed over where he saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he turned it around. I guess because he's, he's married, he didn't want his wife to find out. Oh, he, maybe so. he flipped the story around. But, but it's, either way, yeah. it's a good but one. But that was funny, man. I laughed so hard when I saw his name. <laughs> 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 I was 
like, this is amazing. I can't wait to tell him. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you know, have guys coming up to sign your, their ball sack and not, stuff not like that. Not lately, no. no the no, guy, the, the, it was probably a guy. It wasn't really a girl. That's, yeah, the thing. that's right, judging from my no, I mean, let's face it, no women ever go to their gigs. <laughs> well, that's... Uh... Oh, man. Well, Man. whatever. Anyway, so you're not doing the road thing as much. I don't know. I haven't done the road thing in a while. You know, I, from when you can't walk, you know, you, you know how it is. It's just it's all. I walking. got back problems. That's my my thing. It's so, like yeah, when I go on the road, my back starts really hurting. But but I'm so far, I'm making it through. You know, I think it, I think a big part of it is sleeping in a different bed every night. That's what messes me up. Yeah, it just it's just like after a while. Okay, is the bed going to be like an, a U? <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning and you just toast. Well, that's too much of anything. That's got to be. I mean, I remember for at least twenty years at your house, I'd go over there and you were sleeping on an army cot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no man. I haven't been very nice to my back, and I've lifted shit that I shouldn't have been lifting. And now I don't do that anymore, but still sitting on planes and driving in vans and sleeping in a different bed, yeah. your back acts up. You yeah. know, it's gonna. Yeah. And I've got, what, what do you call that, st stenosis? You know what that is? Scler stenosis, that's what stenosis. I have. Oh, yeah. It's some kind of lower back bullshit. I don't even know what the hell it well, is. Well, you had that. You had an operation, didn't you, Bruce? I had an operation about 12, 14 years ago, yeah. Was it stenosis or something no, else? No, I had a herniated disc. Oh, shit. That sounds more serious. It hurt. Like yeah, I bet. But the surgery cured it. Uh-huh. You know, I would be so afraid of that surgery. It sounds so... Man, it's that, it was, it's that arthroscopic shit that they do that... You know, like the guys play football two weeks later after they have this yeah. concert. Uh, but that was 12 years ago. That wasn't that. It was 14 years ago. And they and still had that shit back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, they had that shit 20 years You know, ago. Angela has had um, my daughter, Angela, who's yeah. who's 16 and she's an actress and a dancer and all this kind of stuff, an ice skater. And she had the Holy cow. meniscus, meniscus yeah. taken oh. out of both knees, oh, like 40% on one knee, 15% on the other knee. And she's back in action after two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks, she's back just doing her thing like it never happened. Young That's people. amazing. And, and, and you know, I asked the doctor one time, I said, what's what's that like? And he says, it's like playing a video game. Kinda. Yeah, that's what the doctor you know, said. Oh, really? Because it's all, it's all like, you know, lasers and stuff. And they're, they're in another room than the patient. I guess they see it all on a TV screen. And they're just like doing their thing. With the throttled <laughs> knobs and stuff, and I'm like, well, thank God for them, you know, because they they got it down to a, a total art. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, she's fine. And and uh, shit. You know, I remember Angela's 16 now. Angela is 16. Um, she is like unbelievable. I mean, she's she's won best drama award in her school two years in a row. Um, she's got the lead role in Pippin this year, wow. and they usually only give lead roles to seniors. She's only a sophomore, and they gave her the lead. Damn. She's like, she's killing it, you know. That's and great. when I went and saw her last time in Chicago, they did Chicago. She was one of the tango, tango girls, you know, in, the prisoners. In in what? In, in, in the show Chicago. In the show. Oh, Chicago. in the show Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that show, I was like. This is as professional as anything I've ever seen. Like, 
they 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 rehearsed for months and and when they do the shows it's like i mean it's like the real deal it's amazing so um yeah i'll just get a picture to show you but but um it it's incredible kids these days how talented they are how young and talented they are at such a young age it's just well, I see it all the time on YouTube. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I remember, and you remember too. We were walking your daughter around Old Town Pasadena in a in a in a stroller. <laughs> wow! Yeah. And one of our students drove up. We were stopped on a corner waiting for a traffic light, and one of our students that we had both had over the years drove up, rolled down his window, and said. Oh, it's the couple of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said about me and Scott. And they get the two old lesbian yeah. couple. They called me and Bruce two old lesbians. <laughs> they said, look at those nice, those two lovely lesbians there. That's Angela? Wow. That's Angela. I'm a, wow. In the not... middle of Chicago, man, in this play. There's the prison. You know? Yep. Is she singing too, dancing? Singing, dancing, that, and singing like a bird. Because that's the kind of thing, I think, the, the movie Chicago with, what's her name? Uh, it was Renee Selwiger Renee and Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones. And uh, the other guy. Uh, the Richard Gere. Richard Gere, yeah. I mean, they were all triple threats. They danced, they sang, they acted, that's they were great. Too, she's she's the one, old days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she wants to be a Broadway yeah. actress. Broadway, so that's top. So that's man. what she great. wants to do, man. She's been to New York twice to see like i don't know countless broadway plays she's been there once with her twice with us and once with her theater group to see all that stuff and we took her to see book of mormon hamilton all you saw that hamilton stuff. yeah in new york it was amazing i guess it was amazing i mean breathtaking and uh you know she knows what's she knows these people and she knows what she's in for but she works so hard at it and like she can do it all like she can dance she sings her little butt off like perfect pitch and she the one weak thing she had she fixed because she couldn't like two years ago she could always sing in really good pitch but she couldn't belt right now after two years of vocal lessons now she can belt Wow. and sing in tune yeah. so she's got a belting voice you know when she needs to that's great and, and so you know that that was her weak point because dancing totally there acting totally there but the singing was weak because she couldn't project she wasn't using her diaphragm right but now that's fixed so she's like ready wow so yeah two years i guess she wants to go to nyu and pursue that whole broadway thing like all the other because that's where a lot of those Broadway people go, either NYU or Yale. So we'll Yale's, see. Yale's in see what I can afford. <laughs> yeah, that'd be expensive. Well, hopefully she'll get a scholarship because she's a straight A kid. So we're oh hoping. great. Yeah. Wow. So Steve, you're at you're with Bruce at USC, right? Absolutely. Well, he's at USC. I don't know if he's with me. <laughs> <laughs> they try to stay far apart from each other. They try to keep us apart, yeah. actually. Yeah, they, they avoid each other at all costs. Like, if they see each other in the halls, they pretend they don't know each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we need to spread out. One grenade will get us all. You know? <laughs> well, I, it's, it's great up there. I've been there. We've both been there a long time, and it's yeah. great. I mean, because anytime I, anytime I want to learn anything, I just got to go knock two doors down and knock. It's either him or Paul Jackson Jr. or Big Dick Smith or Frank Patenz or whoever. I mean, everybody's there is great. Yeah. And... Uh, Tonight they're doing a, a the, the, the the jazz orchestra is playing with a with a really popular band called Knower. 
Oh, I love Nowhere, man. And Lewis yeah. Cole, yeah. he was Lewis at Cole. the school. Yeah. He was at the school. He right. went to USC. Mm -hmm. And they're playing a concert tonight yeah. with Nowhere. With Gwyneth like With Gwyneth Yeah. Yeah. She's great, man. She's yeah. so good. So, I mean, wow. it's... it's Yeah. It's, uh, I love that band. They're so fun. Yeah. I, I love their videos. Yeah. They're great. It, yes, they were doing that a long time ago. What was the one about... Um, the government knows. Jerking off. The government, the government knows. knows when you masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. It's so awesome. Yeah. Hey, so how, how many days a week are you at USC? Is that? A... I'm there. Well, full time is it's almost embarrassing because most people work forty hours, but I mean, full time for a college professor is like sixteen, eighteen hours a week. Yeah. What? Well, that's. And I'm full time. <laughs> Fuck you. They don't call me full time. You got. Well, you're full time. Your friends? No, I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not full time. <laughs> I'm almost full-time. They, they stop me before I get to full-time. Oh, but it's okay. I don't want to be full-time. No meetings, no classes. I'm okay. You're right. You're right. And the classes get to be... But it's fun. I mean, all the kids are really... Most of them are pretty smart and they're sharp as a tack. Yeah. Really good players. Yeah, oh, it's a great place it's to be. It's a great place to work. Great in. staff. The only bad thing about it is getting to the campus and getting away from it. Right. That, for me. That's the biggest. Yeah. The only thing... And that's a small... I mean, the campus itself is beautiful. Students are great. The facilities are great. Everything is great just except location. for just getting there and get because because Steve's up in Pasadena. I'm in Burbank usually. Getting you know and just to get there and get out of there. Yeah, it's a, a drag. Just traffic and and there's no real good public public option. You know, public transportation. Oh right, option. right, right. So that's that's the only complaint I have about it, and that's you know, yeah. hey, that's what it is. And I just look at it. I just treat it like I don't got I don't get to do it. I don't I don't I don't gotta do it, I get to do it. Right. I kinda treat it like that because I mean I look around at all the all the musicians I know and it's getting pretty pretty sparse out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you're doing a lot of great things you know, and helping people and you know, deserve it and you know. Yeah, well. If they decide they don't want us, they'll let us know. Exactly. So then what I do I, I have that on three days a week and then, then then I have on Friday, I have a whole series of students that come to my house. Right. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I do Skype lessons all over the world. Oh, wow. Wow. And I do gigs on, you know, the weekends whenever I can. Yeah. So I found out that this, a lot of the musicians now are rather than playing, you know, even Gambale and Verheyen, we've, we've all got these online schools where people pay as a subscription model. Yeah. They'll pay a subscription. They can just access the entire site, whatever they want to learn. You do small, bite-sized lessons because nowadays I've found out that people with computers have the attention span of a marshmallow. <laughs> so you just do small, little, bite-sized lessons. Fairly simple. And I, and I play on other people's records. I decided you know, there's a lot of hot shots out there that are doing uh, playing... A, on people's recordings, you know, they send them the, the tracks from Pro Tools and they play on the recordings and send it back to them. But nowadays I've... That. Yeah, Not exactly. as much as I used to, but still sometimes. Yes, so I've, I've gotten into that and I found out that there's a lot of hot shots, a lot of people that can, didn't want to do that. But I found that the, most of the people now, a lot of the people anyway, are singer-songwriters. Mm, yeah. And they, have, they play acoustic guitar, but they can't do it well enough to play on their own recordings. Yeah. So I'm not proud. I'm a whore. I'll just I'll send me your tracks. I'll play a really nice, sweet acoustic track on it. Just strum accurately and yeah. evenly and make that sound good. 
Same money, whether I play that or a whole lot of notes. Right. Same mm -hmm. thing. So you did, you, so you did just working in Pro Tools at home or Logic or? Pardon? Pro, Pro Tools. Tools or? Yeah. yeah. I would imagine know? these days with, with the world being so small, you don't need to be in the same city as the, the person huh? that's playing on your record. I mean, oh, you know, no. Yeah. No, I get them from no. all over. No, but, you know, a little bit of a slight modulation here. I, I, I did, I was on the podcast for my music masterclass. You'll probably do it, too. They're, you know, they're doing podcasts now. Oh, really? But Adam is? Adam is. Adam okay. and Jake. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really cool. But I was just talking to them, and, and I think people have kind of a weird idea of how to use, vi you know, video lessons. Mm -hmm. And that they've got this kind of feeling like they're, especially now, like you, you buy a stream, a stream for a week for like five bucks of them. And if you yeah. want to own it forever, like 15 bucks. I mean, it's really cheap. Yeah. And, and I get the feeling that the world kind of, because like when people talked about, well, I haven't really gotten through the whole first one, you know, some, you know, I've got like nine or 10 of them already. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're using them wrong. You know, I mean, it's like, imagine. You want to take a lesson with you or Scott or you know, and or Troy, and it could happen. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I did not want to take. I'm I was like, waiting for a punchline. <laughs> I, I knew there was going to be. I one. used to teach beginners, and I would never want to get okay. Back to that. Anyways, but you know, I mean, rather than looking at You're like such like an I, I, I know I'm such an asshole. So you pay, you know, you pay your money. You got to get all your money. Fuck this, you know. Like you get a chance. Like you're sitting in your fucking underwear, and you're wherever you are, and you could take a lesson with, like, in the, in the company that I work with, my music masterclass, or with the company you, you know, you or Ben Monder or Larry Kuntz or Scott Henry. Well, you know, what oh, I mean, yeah. and and you could just like put it on, and like kind of hang with it, and then like find something you really dig. Whoa, what's that? Stop it. Figure out what that one thing is. Fall into it. Just play that one thing. Get into it. You've gotten like more than your money's worth because you'd pay like 150 bucks for a lesson with that mm -hmm. person and probably not even walk away with that. Right. Just you'd be able to say you took the lesson. Mm -hmm. But here you like actually, but don't try to get everything. Just try to get one thing. Mm -hmm. And if you do, it changes your whole, it changes everything you do. That one thing changes. I mean, I know every in my life, every time I learned one thing, it not only taught me that one thing, but it changed everything else mm -hmm. I do. Yep. And I think people are kind of partly with the attention span thing. Cramming. They don't understand how to learn anymore. And it's like, no, music isn't like learn everything. It's learn one thing mm -hmm. and get it. And have fun with it, and do things with it, and make it your own. Then learn another thing, and that could be tomorrow, could be twenty minutes later, could be two years from now, and you're still better that way. Right. And I just feel like people are getting into this like pound for, you know, like I paid a hundred bucks, I want a hundred pounds of licks, you know, it's <laughs> like, and they go out and they suck because they can't. One of them. They try and to I'm go like, through them and learn them all at the same time. Right, right. And I'm like, if you just learn one of these, it's your hundred pounds. Yeah. It's your hundred dollars, and yeah. you're really your life is going to be changed for this. Right. Yeah. And I just think people are so into like because of the attention span and because of being inundated, and there's so many opportunities to do so many things and multitasking. Music doesn't work that way. Nope. Music has to be digested. 
You have to, you know, it's like a piece of steak. You have to chew it. You have to taste it. You have to swallow it. You know, and let it become part of you. You and know, poop I mean, it, it out. Don't forget. Well, that, that, that's what I mean, some of you players do. That you know, I, that's what I do. Okay. Well, it's not people. Some students think music is linear. Like learn it today, play it tonight. Right. And that's not. No, no, and and you know, like, and I don't know about you, but like sometimes in lessons, the best thing we do is sit and just solve problems together. It's not really like, I'll give you a lick and play the scale over this, whatever, you know, like hold your pick this way. It's like we solve sometimes musical, sometimes life problems that are getting in the way oh, yeah. of playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'd almost look at it it's like, God, you didn't teach music. You, you, were, you were a therapist. Well, that's part of it. And, you know, but the truth is, is you're helping this person play music because what's blocking them yeah. is sometimes their approach to what they're doing. Sometimes it's the way they're relating to what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's not just like... You're putting your finger here. That's not all there is to it. And but we, I personally feel like we're in this world where it's like, okay, I, I paid my hundred dollars. I want my ten pounds of licks. Ten pounds you, of licks. You know licks. why? And until I get my ten pounds of licks, the hundred dollars wasn't worth. That's so. You, you, know, know, you know why? It just this is me just guessing because my gig isn't like your gig where you have private students and, yeah. and you're sort of like expected to be like a one and all guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my gig has always been and it always will be what they call open counseling. Ooh, I love that. Right? And God, what I it is is that. that you don't really have to show them anything. It's more like you show them what they're doing wrong. Right. You just and play and, with and you just play with them and talk to them and say, man, I mean, you need to work on this well, because that's this what is we a do week. In private lessons. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you probably do. But I, I have a feeling that there are probably a lot of teachers that feel like their obligation to a student is to show them a bunch of licks. Right, or, you know? or I call um, these people the Methodists. It, it, yeah, Methodists. <laughs> Not really. right. The Methodists are like, week one we do That's this, a good week one. two right. we the do Methodists. this, week right. three we do this, and then they, right. they get to week right. five, and then like the person hasn't practiced yeah. all the first four weeks. It's an agenda. And they're, they're completely yeah. oblivious to the yeah. fact that the guy's not ready to hear week yeah. five through ten because... He hasn't even understood week one. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, no, and those are yeah. Methodists that do yeah. that. And I don't, that to me, the whole, I mean, really. It's like they have I an don't agenda. Have an, I don't yeah. have an agenda. Yeah. I just want the kid to get better. And if we have to spend the whole semester on week one, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what we need to do. He's paying me the money. I just want him to get better or her. And, you know, it's all about the music. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> shit. Yeah, but it's it's it, it's an act. It's a it's a epidemic among teachers I, to dole, dole out information. Well, the pressure. It's without, a pressure we yeah, feel. I mean, I without, feel it. You know, I'm I'm acutely yeah. aware of how much every kid pays for their hour at mm -hmm. at our school, and it's not cheap. Yeah, I ain't getting it all, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, and and it's it took some people wiser than me to point out. You know. You're really good at what this is, and what what your value is is this. Like I had this one woman at a at a at a um, at one of those uh, you know music camp things workshops. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she came to me and she says, "You know, I'm a therapist. I work with kids and people." And she says, "You could do my job." Mm -hmm. She said, "You know what you're doing? You under you listen to people. You try to understand where they're coming from. You want to help them." And she says. That is really valuable. And That's really, the value. And, and like, 
I, it really like released me from the feel. It sort of released me from this feeling of I need to give ten pounds of licks for a hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, it's like no. If I can just help this person play better, and some of our lessons, I'm sure some of your lessons, the same way. We don't even play. Yeah, we just talk. I mean, I have one guy who's, who's a real hard ass this year. It's, you get it every couple of years. You get one. You know that like you <sighs> want to kill him at the beginning. You don't know if it's going to work. You, you complain to the dean. You say, like, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not responsible if I have to kill this guy. You know, or you, I, need you to, I, need you to, I need you to swear that he pulled a knife on me. You know, kind of thing. And um, just a hard ass, you know, with a bad answer for everything. And why do I have to do this? And all right. that shit, you know. And, like, there's nothing better than to finally crack through to this person and have him come to you for advice mm -hmm. you know what I mean to actually flip the paradigm to where he's resistant to everything you say to where he's now bringing you the problems of his life mm -hmm. musical life of course and asking you to help him solve the problems mm -hmm. and you know to me that's those are my biggest victories yeah. you know and, and, and today I had one of those guys and we didn't we didn't we got to the end and we just decided to play because we wanted to play. Mm. Nice. You know, it wasn't like I was helping him. He's having problems on gigs because he's having problems at school because he's doesn't know how to relate to people. Do, do you have those gigs same, are social. Same oh, yeah, thing, yeah. Steve? Do you have those same kind of issues? With I do. I was going to pick, piggyback on what Bruce was saying is that um, I have the students, a lot of times I, I say, well, we need to transcribe something. And then they transcribe something, and they say, and I say, well, now you've learned this whole thing. But what you learned is you learned a note-for-note -note solo that you'll only ever get to play if someone calls that song at te that tempo in that key. So basically, you spend six hours doing nothing. So I said, why don't you, like what Bruce was saying, pull one little, find one little thing, one little idea that you can identify with, and you'll remember. And add that into your playing. Even so, you've spent five hours doing it, but now you've got one new thing you can play, and and then you can play that in any key at any tempo, and it's just something small like that. That oh wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's teaching them how to learn words instead of sentences. Yeah. The, the longer the longer the thing you learn, the less you'll ever use it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but you know, I had a guy. I had a guy. Um, I won't mention name, but but. Because some people know him, but um, yeah, no, and I, I, you know, he came into my room and 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 of course, you know, the first thing he says is let's play the standard that everybody plays, and 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 he had his he had his tape recorder ready to to get some licks and blah blah blah, and we started playing, and I and I stopped and I and I told him, you know, I know this isn't what you want to do. You know, because I know you're 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 a high level player, and I know that you came in here to grab some licks and learn some new shit. And I don't blame you; it's all good. But I can't uh, continue until we fix this problem. And there was a a bad problem, and and he he was really bummed and he was really disappointed. And I said, I don't want you to hate me. But it's my job that if I hear something that's really needs work on, we need to fix it before you go on any further, because it's going to cause you problems down the road. Exactly. So we started fixing it, and every week we've been fixing it. And I would have—I'm really happy to say that he doesn't have that problem anymore. Right. And all he needed to do was just concentrate on it, and and get his mind off 
that that like you know I've got both my hands up to my eyes. It's He's the, doing the, the blinders, the blinders thing, <laughs> where you're looking at every He's measure. He's also eating out of an oat bag too. Yeah, but right. that's weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you know where you're looking at this measure. Oh, I played the right notes on this measure. I played the right notes on this measure. I played the right notes on this measure. So everything's okay. Right? And I'm like, you're not seeing the big picture. Exactly. You know, it's got. It has to feel like a. You've got to make it feel like a, a pro. Damn, if I it doesn't you, feel right, nobody will want to play with you. I wish so, you had said this at the start so, of when we first put this podcast together. This would have, been, <laughs> this would have helped us a lot. Yeah, but, <laughs> We'd have been but, number one by now. But he, got, but he got it. He got it, and he thanked me later. You know, like, I'm really glad we got this, you know, because I told him the very first time, I said within a half an hour he had already improved. Right. Just because he set his mind on it, just right. because he wasn't thinking about it. I have, I have this one guy today. He's really talented kid. Because in our school we have a pop program, you right. know, and and they're really good. I mean, it's really you know you got Paul Jackson Jr., you got Steve, you got you know, Alfonso Johnson, you got Patrice Russian. It's like deep shit happening. Yeah. There. Yet Ndugu until he died. Now you got Will Kennedy. Will, you know, yeah, I mean, great. it's like Bob Minster. Yeah, you got oh. this heavy thing going on. And you know, and he's he's really one of the better kids, you know, in that program, I'm sure. And uh, he's gonna graduate. He figured he'll spend some time with me playing jazz before he leaves, because he's you know it's just round out his education. I mean, he's kind of slumming, you know. Hopefully, we're they're they're all hoping I don't ruin him, you know what I mean, by showing him some jazz, <laughs> more jazz, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that's kind of. But anyways, he was like. He's just so musical, you know, that, mm -hmm. I mean, playing changes, he can kind of do it, even though he doesn't know what he's doing, and it, it's, he's better off not knowing, because he's so musical. But, you know, just like, he was coming more out of that rock and blues way of, like, every note matters, you know, kind of thing, and not seeing the long phrase of jazz, mm -hmm. not hearing the long phrase, mm -hmm. not being able to do it. And, like, I was saying, you know, it's just like, you're 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 living and dying on every note, man. Let's think about the sentence you're telling. It's like living and dying on every word. You know, let's. This isn't that kind of music. This kind of music kind of is like working into the future. So just let's get your eighth notes feeling good. Mm -hmm. Don't even worry what you're playing. Play an easy song like Honeysuckle Rose or whatever that's like pretty much in one key. So you know that like, these notes are all going to sound good, and these notes will lead to all the notes that sound good, and they're passing notes, whatever. Let's just work on making it feel good. And of course, he's so damn musical mm -hmm. that he got it. I mean, in like 20 minutes, mm -hmm. he was swinging. Yeah. And like every now and then, he'd kind of go accidentally back to that kind of polka, I'd go, no, I'd go, no polka. No, just play even. Polka. Mm -hmm. Just let it swing. Don't make mm -hmm. it swing. And he'd go back and the shit was flowing and next thing you know he's playing these hip lines because everything feels good so he doesn't mm -hmm. have to worry about every mm -hmm. note. You know, it's just whatever he plays is mm -hmm. going to be great. You mm -hmm. know? I mean, huge breakthrough. Yeah. You know, it's, it's but I mean, it was Celtic. He was such a talented, yeah. good player to begin yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. It's talented. great to see that shit happen. You know, it? and I go like, and he's like, he's like, oh, this is what you guys are doing. He was like, I was wondering. It's like, you know, it eluded me the whole time. Now he's like ready. I'm sure he's like probably right now listening to everything from Lester Young to Wayne Shorter. You know, mm -hmm. going, oh, that's what he's doing. You know, and it'll probably make him an amazing pop player because he'll have all those flavors now to add to it. 
mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's it's pretty similar. Well, let's one. start telling some yeah. drunk stories. Well, I <laughs> just, <laughs> drunk stories. But we can do that. I just want to, uh, again, I, I get to my students and pretty much what Bruce does, I, I tell them that most of them have trouble with feel. I said, you know what? Name every musician, every guitar player that you like. And everyone I like, I said, do they feel good? Do they feel great? I said, Steve Irvine, yeah, well, he has a great feel. Jeff Beck has a great feel. George Benson, great feel. I said, you know what? That's what trumps everything else. <clears throat> if it doesn't feel good, and it doesn't feel like it, it's in the pocket or in the groove, I don't care how great your lines are. I don't care how cool your tone is. I don't care how involved you are and what fancy scale you played. If it doesn't feel good, it doesn't count. So, I mean, that, I stress time and feel more than anything else. And I think that, to me, is the most important thing. Yeah. And the other thing is tone. You know, especially if you're an instrumental, if you're an instrumentalist, your voice to the audience is your guitar tone. And that's what they think you sound like. When, 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 so, if you go out there with a bad tone, it's like you're going out there with Jerry Lewis's voice. <laughs> hey, how you doing today? <laughs> And so that's that's how that's you relate that really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just good. gotta say that was the best Jerry Lewis in two hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they sometimes they just forget about that. They plug into these and and God bless you guys wherever you are, but you know who you are. I'll sit down and I'll tell them, okay, this is an amplifier. This is what all the knobs do. You know, here they sweep the knobs, go from to hit your high E string, sweep the treble knob, see what it does. And then I'm going to turn it to zero and I'm bleed it in slowly till you tell me when to stop. Then the bass, low, low E string, and then the G, D and G strings, I have them sweep the mid knob and see what it does. Okay, so when I get to the three places where they decide to stop on treble, bass, and middle, I said, okay, that's your point of departure. That should be a pretty good sound because based on what you hear. Then, then, you, then, then dial in your tone that you like from there because it's got to be pleasing to the audience. Yeah. And that just doesn't see that doesn't seek in. I just gave a ten minute lesson on just how the amp works, like what the knobs do. Yeah. And they just pretty much ignored me and went back to doing what they do. But yeah. you know, you can't really you can just gently suggest this to these kids time and time again, but you can't push them and then either get it or they don't. Yeah. So, have, you, yeah. have you noticed They the won't difference? get it till they get on the bandstand and they go, Oh shit, that old guy was Tell them the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're going to blow you off until the day they go down the toilet and they're going to come back and go, man, what would you say again? Mm-hmm.